When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslan. If you're new here and welcome back if you aren't new and I'm super excited for this week's episode, as I say literally at the beginning of every episode, but we're going to be talking about many lessons I wish I would have learned sooner um, as a 23 year old, I guess, to give it a little bit of perspective. I feel like I've learned so much about just money and all of the different aspects of money and you know just adulting type of perspective I guess with money more so in the last like two years than I did in the first like 20 years of my life honestly and I know I have a like episode already where I talk about I don't even remember everything I talked about in that episode but this was a long time ago Um, So if you go like pretty far back there, I have like a finance episode where I pretty much talk about like personal finance and sort of just like answer money questions and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not a professional by any means, but this is just my perspective. Um, I did study accounting and finance in undergrad, so I do know a little bit. I don't know everything because I don't have obviously a ton of field experience, but I at least know a little bit probably more than someone else who didn't study this in school so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this week um, and I thought it was a perfect week to do so just because I feel like the timing of a lot that um, has happened I feel like in the last like six months even with money for me it's just um, important to talk about and I know a lot of people like to listen to these episodes just to get some insight from somebody their age that's not so like out of touch and out of reach Um, as like a financial advisor would be or a professional or you know anything like that and I'm not saying substitute them with me I'm just saying sometimes you just want to hear something relatable and hear what other people are doing just to gain some insight and perspective and me sharing my lessons hopefully it can help those of you who are younger than me learn them sooner and adopt them in your life sooner if it's something you see fit for your lifestyle if not no big deal I don't expect everyone to agree with every single point made in my episodes, um, especially these about topics like money. So, you know, this is fully take with a grain of salt, uh, take in what you want to take in and ignore what you want to ignore and that kind of thing. But that's going to be this week's episode. So my quote for this week is not related to the episode at all. Um, It's just one I saw on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, um, that's really powerful. And I've definitely read something like it before. But the quote is, you can either be judged because you created something or ignored because you left your greatness inside of you, your call. And I feel like that's one of those kick you in the gut type of, or I guess punch you in the gut type of quotes that really make you take a step back and think. Basically just saying, you know, like you're going to have zero recognition at all if you just ignore all of the greatness you have inside of you or you can, you know, have the opinion of others, which will consist of judgment but because you created something um so it's either like you do nothing and you receive nothing or you create what you want to create create and at like the bare minimum you know or at the maximum really I guess you're going to get judged and you may fail but you know at least you actually did it and you didn't just leave that greatness building up inside of you and never actually giving it a shot so I just thought that was like a super motivational quote 
that I really wanted to share. And my goal for this week is to stick to my meal plan. And I don't want to say get back on track um, necessarily because I don't know. I'm just, I feel like that phrase is overused in a way and just is kind of a, I feel like it's a cop out, but not really at the same time. I don't know. Basically just get back um, on my routine of working out, you know, four to five times a week. I worked out three times a week while I was at home um, and then like surfed on other days, paddleboarded on other days. So it was like a mix of, you know, my just different activity, which is fine, but I want to get back in with like strength training like four times a week. I'm pretty sure my student rec center membership expires which I don't think it should because I'm still paying tuition like to take a summer class. Um, but I got an email saying that it was expiring in three days on Friday and it's Sunday when I'm recording this. So I think it expires tomorrow, but I may just go tomorrow to try and work out and then be like, do is this extended until August or not? Because I'm going to have to go find a new gym in Tuscaloosa if so. Um, but I really just want to stick to my meal plan and um, do that. And when I say meal plan, I'm not meaning um, like a strictly I'm eating this, this and this. I literally just mean like cooking at home (laughs) so I guess cooking at home is a better thing to say um I went grocery shopping today a huge 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 grocery trip which I am vlogging and I will have up on my vlog channel um probably this week so definitely um subscribe to my youtube channel if you aren't so that you can like see that but you know those big like restock grocery hauls that you have to do um whenever you've been out of town and you just have to literally get everything and anything So I planned out, you know, like I have breakfast food for every day this week, lunch food for every day this week, and dinner for five nights. Um, And that's that. So I am glad that I got all that done because I just drove back to Tuscaloosa today and I got all that done as soon as I got here. And I've been, I feel like running around like a chicken with its head cut off since I got back. Um, it's just been go, 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 go because I grocery shopped and then I had to film the sponsorship integration and it was with my Cricut machine, and it just took a while for me to unpack my Cricut stuff um, because I moved it back here the last time I went home or after the last time I went home, and I just completely had to, like, unpack it, set it up, and then do the project, make sure I was doing the project correctly, film the project, and that, like, took a long time because that was – it wasn't just making a project, which could have been done in, like, 20 or 30 minutes, but since I had to film it – it took forever. And then I unpacked like my bathroom stuff. I haven't unpacked any of my clothes yet. I tried to like wash our sheets and so I can, you know, have fresh sheets when I go to bed. Just really doing a lot. And my class starts tomorrow at 8 a.m., literally in 11 hours. Ugh, oh my gosh. And that's that. So I don't even know what I was getting at. Oh yeah, my goal. I just really want to eat at home and like use my groceries and like stick to that just because I know the first week whenever I was at home, it was funny. We ate, we meal planned in the same sense, like with my mom, my mom and I scheduled out like the dinners we were going to make during the week. Um, Not necessarily what day we were going to make what, but just, you know, okay, we have the ingredients for these five recipes this week. So we're going to make like these five recipes. We literally ate at home like every day the first week I was at home. And then the second week, um, I feel like I ate out so much because I was trying to like eat my favorite restaurants at home before I can't really do it again for a while, which I am going to be going home in a few weeks again, but it'll be really short over the weekend. So anyways, that's besides the point. Um, my gratitude for this week, I'm just really thankful to have a new car after driving back to Tuscaloosa or back home two weeks ago with no air conditioning and having to have my window rolled down the whole time and getting sunburnt on my left arm. And that just being 
you know, a whole fiasco with my car that I talked about last week. I did end up buying a new one, um, and I'm really, really, really thankful that, you know, my parents bought me my first one and that it was fully paid off. So when we traded it in, we were able to use, you know, every single dollar of that trade in towards my new car. And I'm just really thankful that I'm in a position where I can buy my own car with all my own money. And I'm really thankful to you all who listen to my podcast and watch my YouTube channel and follow me on social media and everything because without you all, it literally wouldn't be possible for me to do so. And I'm just really thankful I was able to like when I needed to. And even like just paying for, even if I didn't get a new car and I just had to pay for replacing the compressor in my car and the other parts that were broken, it would have been very expensive. And I'm thankful that I would have had the money to do that as well if that I chose to just completely repair everything. But I didn't choose to do that. And I did get, um, I didn't really post it on like Instagram or um, social media really. Like I've posted like a picture of like the radio or whatever, but it wasn't like a few people noticed like, oh my gosh, is this a new car? And I was just, I would respond to them individually. But I didn't really want to post um, a picture of like the outside of it because I know a lot of people will like pose with their car and be like, bought myself my first car which is fine but like part of me is just like I don't know I think about people knowing what car I drive like what the outside looks like which if I tell you the car you can look it up but like color and everything I guess is what I'm saying um I don't know I've talked about before the older I get I just privacy is just like so important to me and um it's a 2021 Jetta R-Line um Volkswagen Jetta R-Line I forgot to say the actual brand of the car but I love it so much. It was so incredible driving back to Tuscaloosa today. I literally got 44 miles per gallon on the way home, which was amazing. And um, it's just such a smooth, smooth drive and definitely just very, very thankful for it. And I'm really like hoping to just, you know, pay it off early, honestly, but I've been trying to like tackle my student loans first, which I'm about halfway done with. So that's that. Um, but I'm just really grateful for you all, I guess, at the end of the day and being in a position where I could buy a new car because that was a pretty big moment. Um, I, you know, talked about it on my YouTube channel and just, you know, pretty much the whole story of my car and everything and having to get a new one, but didn't really, um, you know, show it as much or anything like that. And I'm just really thankful I was able to get it. So let's go ahead and get right on into the episode for this week going to pull up my notes um, that I have for the episode so that I don't wander off too much. So the very first one is basically just like credit cards. Credit cards, I don't know why this that word isn't even mentioned when you are in high school, at least for me it wasn't. Like literally didn't even, I knew they existed, but I didn't really understand the concept of them until I was in college. And then even in college, it took me getting a credit card and then learning lessons the hard way to figure out like what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do with credit cards and just you know like with your credit card limits and revolving utilization and paying the statement balance which is like paying your entire statement so aka paying in full instead of paying minimum payments you know if you pay your only your minimum payment on your credit card that's literally doing the bare minimum and you're basically like never gonna put a dent in what you owe for me personally, I pay the full balance um, or pay in full, which is either the statement balance or current balance, depending on like however you want to look at it, like from a time perspective, because um, the statement balance is like everything that's posted and then the current balance is like um, everything in that period and it doesn't include the 
pending or maybe I have that backwards in my head because I, I don't know which one I said first <laughs> but that's not really as important for what else I'm gonna say um and just like the importance of establishing credit early on my dad I remember didn't really want me to get a credit card when I told him I was gonna get one and I think parents worry from the perspective of you being reckless with it um but I knew that that was you know his perspective on it he was like oh I don't think you should get one because you know I think he thought that I was just gonna get myself into trouble with it basically you know spending money I didn't have getting myself in credit card debt and I think part of you know if you are younger and you're wanting to establish credit early your parents like perspective on that and like how they like whether or not they want you to do that is going to depend on you know what their life has been like probably financially you know if they have never really dealt with credit card debt and they've always just you know paid off their credit cards in full every month and never had any problems and you know that kind of thing they're probably not gonna they're gonna want to encourage you probably to do it early but I think people who have you know maybe had a more rockier like financial history are gonna be obviously a little bit more cautious because they know what it's like and I think that's important to take into consideration when you think about like the way your parents are going to talk to you about it but I knew for me personally I was like I'm you know I'm a researcher I research everything um that's probably why I'm going into tax accounting I guess (laughs) but I think that just my inherent nature of researching everything and figuring out how things work and that kind of thing I knew I wouldn't really get myself in a situation I couldn't get out of and I knew that I was wanting to do this for the right reasons I wasn't wanting to you know get a credit card to have money that wasn't mine and like be able to buy you know these things that I didn't buy before and just you know spend all kinds of money Um, I wanted to get it so that I could, you know, start building my credit so that in the event I needed to buy a car or whenever I just graduated college, I would have already a good established credit score and I would be able to build it um, instead of just coming right out of the gate of like college per se and then just then getting a credit card and starting with like, you know, a lower credit score just because I hadn't really had any other credit besides my student loans. So um, basically there's you know a bunch if you want to hear like more of like a detail of like credit cards how they work like your credit score what affects that definitely go listen to my other finance episode because I know I went into a lot of detail about all of that stuff but I think that you you have to know yourself and know like your money and your income and spending habits before you get a credit card it's so important to be honest with yourself and not you know try to convince yourself that you're a lot more responsible with money than you really are and that kind of thing and I don't think you necessarily need one I think it is important to establish credit early because for example you know I just bought my very first car and I have a great I have like a top range credit score, um, the very top range in that like number set. And if I would have not gotten a credit card two years ago and just spent the past two years building up my credit, because I think whenever I started, like all all I had was my like student loans and it was like a six something um, my score was. And so the past two years, I've just been, you know, using my credit card and that's how I built my credit. And, um, you know, using it properly and everything. But I don't think you necessarily need one. I don't want to say, like, sit here and say it's important to establish credit early. I'm not saying that for every single person. It depends on your situation. You don't necessarily need one. But I do think it's important to be honest with yourself and your habits and everything before you jump into it because 
if you are someone who tends to every time you know money's in your pocket you burn a hole in your pocket that kind of thing it may not be the best thing for you and you may need to like work on your financial management skills first and then get into it but like I said I'm not you know sitting here to advise any of you personally I'm just giving my perspective and I just don't think you know you should get one if you're seeing it as like oh free money I can spend and if you couldn't buy what you wanted to buy on your credit card in cash or with a debit card you definitely don't need to be like using one or getting one and it's just important to discipline yourself and educate yourself on credit cards before you get one not after because for me personally my biggest mistake I knew that you weren't you know supposed to use your entire credit limit so basically you know the credit uh, whatever company you have like I have discover personally I have a discover student card and it'll just roll over to like a discover regular card whenever I'm done being a student and um, I got it and I knew that um, I was going to be granted a credit limit as everybody is when they get a credit card based on your income and um, that kind of thing and just like also you know how risky is it to lend to you personally as an individual um, a lot of that will determine how much you're going to be lent as your credit limit and my biggest mistake was not knowing the exact percentage of your credit limit you were supposed to be using um, or staying under because I knew you weren't supposed to like use your full credit limit but I was using probably more so of like 60 to 75 percent of my credit limit and you're supposed to stay under 30 percent always and like the less the better and I didn't know that until probably two months into me having a credit card and I learned that the hard way because I didn't I thought I did enough research but I really didn't like and it's crazy that I didn't learn that like right away. I must have just not researched as hard as I thought I did, but I thought I had, you know, figured everything out, knew how to use it, you know, knew how to like set up my payments to make sure I was paying at like the optimal time and everything. And I just didn't realize there was like that actual set percentage you wanted to stay under. So then once, you know, I'd had two months of making that mistake and then wondering why my score wasn't really increasing and I figured out, oh, I need to keep my revolving utilization low, then I figured it out. So um, basically, that is probably the biggest lesson in regard to credit cards for me is establishing the credit early. Um, I guess I didn't wish I would have known that earlier because that is, you know, something I did, but I think I could have personally done it even a year prior to when I opened mine. I think I was like very freshly 21 whenever I got mine and I think I could have gotten one at 20 and I would have been okay um but I think you know the timing and everything it happens for a reason but my biggest biggest lesson with credit cards and everything is knowing not to like not go over the 30 percent of your um credit limit and just staying as low as possible under that and in time like if you're like oh my gosh my credit limit's only like a thousand dollars so I can only spend you know less than three hundred dollars on my credit card yes but you know just plan out the purchases you're going to put on it like you can strictly put gas on there if that's what you want to do to keep it low um that kind of thing but they will you know increase your credit limit in time and you can request credit limit increases but obviously like you are going to be basing that off of like your income and stuff so they just won't like grant you anything the next thing is basically buying things for your taste instead of buying things for brands some of the things i'm going to be talking about in this episode are sort of habit based in terms of like us as consumers and how we buy things and our purchasing behavior and i remember in high school 
in early high school, like I worked from when I was 15 until I was 19 or 18, 18 at a surf shop every summer. And that money I would save, I would put away like probably 20% of it. I would try to put in the bank and, um, it would never last me long because, you know, I was making the first two years I made like minimum wage and then it went up to like $10 an hour for like my last two years. And so I wasn't making much. So keep in mind when I'm saying I put 20% in, I was working 40 hour weeks, but it was only for like two and a half months. So what I had in my savings, it went so fast during the school year, whenever I would, you know, study with people at places and I'd spend money doing that or going to the football games, that kind of thing. I didn't really do much shopping ever. But whenever it was the summertime and I did have money, I just could have saved so much more, but I would always spend so much of it. And I was such a brand name person. And you're probably thinking like, okay, like what kind of brand names? And a lot of you may be thinking like more like expensive or whatever stuff. And some of the stuff was expensive. Like I had a very, for no reason really, I thought that I just wanted, I think it was because I worked at a surf shop and because I spent so much of my time at the beach and on the water, I was just trying to like embody who, like what I was doing during the summer, I guess. And I really only wanted to wear like Billabong and Roxy and O'Neill and Rip Curl and Volcom and like all of those surf slash skate brands. And it's just so funny to me looking back because I did not like getting swimsuits if they were not like from those companies and or brands and I liked getting all my clothes from them but it was like so out of my little teenager budget to be buying that stuff but I would like it was just ridiculous and then the same thing with I remember when I first got in the high school um and I was just you know trying to like fit in because I didn't really know anybody at my high school when I went to it just because the middle school that fed into that high school wasn't the middle school I went to so I really didn't know that many people and the few people I did know we didn't have any classes together and I remember I got there and I was like okay these people wear like these preppy brands because this was when the big prep phase of like J Crew, the bubble necklaces the chevron dresses that was like my ninth grade eighth grade ninth grade year of um growing up and I thought, so then I saw everyone wearing that. I'm like, okay, I have to wear what everyone else wears. And I would think I needed to go to J. Crew and like get my basic, you know, t-shirts from there, my basic like shorts I was wearing to school from there. And I would just go so far out of my way and spend money I didn't need to be spending just to have a brand when I could literally have gone to like Target or Walmart and gotten the exact same looking thing. And nobody would know that it was from those places because none of the stuff ever said like, j crew across the front that i was getting like it was just very basic like school uniform type of stuff and it's just funny to me um that we don't realize sometimes how caught up we are in brand names um i think a modern day version of this would be like with lululemon i know like a lot of us i know for me i'm just very loyal to like two pairs of leggings from there like aligns and wonder unders i'm just i love them so much and i really don't buy them like left and right or anything like that but if i need a new pair of leggings i'm gonna look there first because i'm just loyal to the brand and that's just natural consumer behavior and it's okay to have that brand loyalty but please for the love of god don't ever think that every single thing you own has to be from one brand or everything you own has to be from like a brand name and obviously you want to have something you know that's going to last you a while and it's reputable whatever I get that but solely basing what you're purchasing on whether or not it's a brand is such like a toxic money mindset game to play um and I think 
nowadays it's nowhere near as much pressure as it used to be to like wear certain brands of clothes and everything because now it's like you have all these fast fashion brands that just dupe everything off so it doesn't matter where it comes from as long as it looks somewhat like it then it's fine and it was not like that at all when I was in high school it was more so of if it's not this brand then it's not cute or it doesn't matter or it's ugly or whatever and then now it's the complete opposite and it's like it doesn't matter what brand it is as long as it fits this trend and I just think that I mean, that's a good thing in the sense of there's not as much pressure to, like, spend more money on the brand name clothes. And there's, like, the whole culture of literally, like, YouTube channels, TikToks, and everything that find cheaper alternatives to brand name products when none of that existed, really, whenever I was in high school. Um, I remember when I started seeing, like, makeup dupes and stuff on Pinterest whenever I was, like, a sophomore or junior in high school. And that was the start of okay, it doesn't have to be the brand name, but it can be similar um, and no one's going to (laughs) know. But I think that buying for your own personal taste will save you so much more money in the long run than staying loyal to a brand because if you're, which it's okay to stay loyal to a brand, like I said, but only buying from a brand like because of the brand um, and not really wanting to stretch your horizons there can just get you spending a lot more money than you probably would need to be and if you're buying for your personal taste and like what you like you're not going to be worried about what's trending at the moment necessarily you're going to be thinking about what am I going to find myself reaching for in my closet most aka which like translates to what am I going to get the most wear out of so then not only are you getting more use out of your clothes you know you're paying more attention to like what you naturally gravitate towards instead of what's on everybody else's bodies and paying way less attention, if any at all, to the brand it's coming from. And kind of going off of that, this is a separate point, Um, kind of building off of what I just said, buying things that tend to fit in your style for long term rather than buying into trends. And this is just better for the environment for one, and it's better for your wallet. And investing in quality pieces that will last a long time that you know you will reach for year after year. And I'm not saying like you have to get it and you have to keep it for 20 years. Like, sorry, you can't get rid of it. I'm just saying, you know, like try and think long-term rather than right now when you're purchasing. And that will keep you from so many impulse purchases. Like that's actually something I use a lot whenever, you know, if I'm online shopping or if I'm at a store, I'll look at something and if I, you know, am thinking to myself, oh, this would be really great to use for this one specific event. And then I think to myself, okay, would I get any use out of it outside of that event or outside of doing that thing? If the answer is no, I'm not going to get it because then I'm literally just buying it for one occasion and chances are, since I've already decided that I'm only going to wear it for that one occasion, it's probably not going to come out of my closet again, especially if it's one of those pieces that's very like trendy and on trend and it's not necessarily like a long-term piece that will fit your style in the long run and kind of stays with the times. And I think that there, if there's a trend you really love, you can try to thrift it first and one, be better for the environment and two, save money just because chances are trends are things that, you know, rotate. They come back year after year and chances are if there's a trend that's like trending right now, it's already trended before and you can definitely find pieces in thrift stores and such or just like online resale like Depop or Poshmark or something like that. And I think of like how right now a lot of 70s style is coming back I see a lot of like the groovy like floral prints with like the neon colors and that kind of thing um the same type of like sunglasses all that stuff 
and all of that stuff um if you if your parents you know grew up in the 70s at all you could probably find in their closet if they still had any of their clothes or just go to the thrift store and find some of it but you know what this time next year it's not going to be in style anymore and then you will have spent so much money on these pieces that literally lasted you for barely a season and you're out that money because if you wore it again the next year you're not going to like it anymore because you bought for the trend and not for your own self and style and interests and it's okay to like you know buy into trends just like I said like try the thrifting first because you're going to get it at a way lower price and it'll actually be more authentic to the trend itself because chances are it's probably from when that first originated so the next thing is setting up a high yield savings account instead of just letting your savings sit in your regular you know bank account um I'm like still bad about this and I know that you know, having the high yield savings account is better just because you can earn a lot more interest and compounding interest and everything. And if you don't know what a high yield saving account is, it's basically just, you know, a separate savings account that you can put money into and they typically pay higher interest rates than your typical bank that you would have like your debit card through does. And um, the benefits of that is if you put it in the savings and you just don't touch it and you let it sit there, it'll accrue more interest than your other bank account typically would. And then you're, therefore, you're compounding interest. So the interest on interest is going to be a lot higher in the long run. So you can just earn more of that passive income for yourself um, in the long run. And I have, my problem with this is like, I've known I wanted to set one up, but in this, so I'm like saying this is a lesson. I literally still haven't done it yet. And it's just because I'm so torn on like what bank to set it up through. Um, so that's my problem there. But if any of y'all happen to like have any um, insight into that, if you have a high yield savings account set up that you really like, I know I've looked into like Ally Bank and a few others, but if you have any insight into that and you have a high yield savings account that you really love, um, definitely message me on the Gen Z Girl podcast Instagram and I will love to ch- I would love to chat with you about it. And this is just taking advantage of that power of compounding interest that can really work in your favor and work for you instead of just letting it sit in a much lower interest account. And like, obviously, if you don't have a lot of money in your savings, you know, this might not be as relevant. And this really wasn't that relevant for me a few years ago, like literally like a year or two ago. Um, And right now I'm finding myself, you know, putting more in my savings each month and each year. And I'm like, okay, I now it's bothering me that, you know, I'm just letting this sit here in a lower interest account when I could be earning more interest. So the next tip is, or not tip, the next lesson is don't base what your purchases should be on what others have or what they are buying. And this, I mainly think of just social media and the pressure to have, you know, what other people have, um, to look the way other people look. So in order to look some, the way someone else's look, you base your decisions and what you buy based off of trying to mimic someone else or maybe not even mimic, but just resemble. And you don't even realize this half the time. A lot of times you are subconsciously engaging in this behavior. But I think specifically about how I have, I feel like the common influencer culture type of thing to do when buying your first car, which I'm not dogging on this at all because more power to them. Um, I just simply like couldn't afford it. But I feel like a lot of people who buy their first car with their own money as influencers, they get like their dream car and they're like in their early to mid 20s. And that sort of, you know, whenever I was looking at cars and buying my car, 
not once in my head did I like think to myself, ugh, I wish I could get like a luxury brand vehicle or anything like that. And but then it got me thinking and I was like, man, I've like never thought about how much that can like make other people just probably want to buy outside of their means just because that's what they see all over the internet. And um, I just didn't, for me personally, the pressure to have like a luxury brand car or buying a size of car I don't even really need, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not going to do it. Like I'm not going to give in to that pressure, even though just because that's what everyone else is doing, I'm not going to do it. And that's what you kind of have to realize at the end of the day with yourself. You don't, you have to like pay attention to what you're buying and everything and what your purchasing behavior is like and like your basically your consumerism of content and everything and how that impacts your actual, you know, purchasing behavior. And I think it's, you know, important to normalize, you know, not buying necessarily your quote unquote dream car, dream house, dream wardrobe, whatever it is, whenever you're the age we are, you know, like if you are in your 20s or in your teens, don't feel like you need to have something just because someone else does, you know, everything is individualized based on you and your experience. And a lot of times you'll, you know, you'll see, I, I know that, you know, when I was in high school, there were people for their 16th birthday, they would get like a really, really nice car. And that's so awesome for them and so great. But, and I remember I would think at that time, just because this was the way, you know, my immature, like 16 year old mind would think, I would think, man, that's, I like, why can't, you know, I get that nice of a car or whatever. But then I, now I like step back and I'm like, okay, I'm just so grateful that my parents even got me a car that was reliable and safe. And that's what's important at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what other people are purchasing and what other people have. And the second you can let go of that and not take into consideration so heavily what other people are buying and what other people have, you'll be a lot more responsible with your purchases. Because if you are so hyper aware and so focused on, you know, what other people have, what brands of stuff other people have, and all that kind of stuff, you're more likely to just sort of succumb to that pressure and buy into it. And it's more than okay to just hold off on those types of dream purchases. And I just don't ever want anyone to like feel pressured from the internet and like from seeing what's on YouTube or Instagram or any social media that they have to have what someone else has because like I said it's all individualized and for me personally I guess going back to buying a car so many people like go back and forth with whether or not you should buy a car in full or if you should finance it and I think if you can get a low enough interest rate on a loan which in my case I did get a really good interest rate it can make more sense to borrow the money and to buy the car if you want to invest the actual cash you have um, or if you just want to use that cash for something else. However, if you pay in full in cash, you're avoiding the interest altogether because you're not being lent money. So you're just, you know, paying for it outright and you don't have to worry about interest because you're not borrowing any money. And you're much more likely to obviously buy something that you can actually afford if you're buying it in full because it's based off of the money you have right then, right there. And a lot of, you know, people finance cars that are actually way, way, way out of their budget and spend a ridiculous amount of money on car payments, especially when you compare it to the amount of income they have. 
and um, it, all of that is just to have a nicer luxury vehicle. Some people like it for the like status and like the uh, like social, I guess ego part of it, and then some people actually like it because you know maybe they just really have they really like the aesthetic look of it for themselves or the way it drives, whatever the reason may be. And I just think um, how like all of that aside this is all dependent on your financial situation and I just for me personally I knew how disciplined I am with my money and it's important for everyone to know how disciplined they are with their money whenever it comes to this kind of stuff and I know my situation with financing is what worked best for me personally given the rate I was able to get and that's just like what worked best for me but you know just because I financed my car you know like me saying that on YouTube I feel like if I were to sit here and just say like, oh yeah, I financed my car or whatever, I'd have so many people coming for me being like, you should never finance a car, you know, you should only buy it in full. And I get it. I get that, you know, you don't pay interest by doing that and everything, but that's not necessarily everybody's situation and there are definitely situations where financing can make sense and it does make sense, such as when you get a really low interest rate. And um, I, I guess I brought all of that up to emphasize, you know, there will be people who say, you know, like, oh, you should buy things this way or this is the way to do it. And, you know, you have to look at your individual situation and look at what's best for you and your wallet at the end of the day. And um, one little like credit hack I saw, I don't remember where I saw this. I don't know if it was on YouTube or Reddit or what, but um, this is just like me giving an example. This is a total tangent to the point I was just making. Um, I saw where if you like buy, say a car was like $5,000 and you were going to buy it and you were going to finance it Um, because you say you just like got a decent or good interest rate and you had the money to buy it outright, but instead you financed it and then on your first payment, you paid off all but $100 of the car. So then you only have $100 outstanding and then through the whole rest of the term of the loan, so the remaining years you have left on the loan you were given, you're only paying a few dollars a month <laughs> because you've paid off the you know rest of everything with that first payment. And the interest is only accruing on that remaining balance of $100 instead of you know the whole amount. And I saw that you know someone did that to like help build their credit or whatever. And um, I personally like, haven't ever done that I literally just bought a car like last week but I like thought about it and I was like you know what that's actually like sounds really smart um (laughs) just when I think about it from the perspective of like the way it works and how basically you know you're just making it to where you're still making payments but you're literally not having to pay near as much interest and you're um you could really only do this if you financed a car that like you can truly afford and I'm not necessarily advising this. Like I said, I'm just sharing what I've heard. But of course, always consult a professional if you are considering doing anything like that. But I think a lot of car buying decisions involve how much risk you're willing to assume uh, as a car buyer. And that is something that many people don't take into consideration. Um, You know, some people will shove down your throats, like never buy a new car. You know, it depreciates as soon as you go off the lot. And that's very true. But, you know, there's also another side to that. If you are someone who is, you know, okay with taking a little bit more risk when it comes to buying a car, you're probably okay with buying a used car and potentially running into costly maintenance issues and or assuming 
you're really just assuming the risk of not knowing how the person who owned the car before you took care of the car. Because if they didn't take care of the car at all, it could very well fall apart on you any minute. But if they did take good care of it, then, you know, you got yourself a good deal generally. Um, and then other people aren't as big as of risk takers and would rather buy a new or newer car and know exactly what they are buying and know that they're the first ones to have it and know that they really shouldn't have any problems for a while because they are the first owner. And there are seriously so many factors and variables that go into buying a car, but I just guess I wanted to go on this tangent because I just did this, so it's all fresh in my head. And as I use in this example, and it just emphasizes my point of not basing what you're purchasing on or how you're purchasing on how others are doing it. And you really just have to remember that it's you and your wallet at the end of the day. So whether or not someone's down your throat saying, you know, like, never buy a new car or you shouldn't ever buy a used car, think of what's best for you and your wallet and don't, you know, feel like you have to do what other people say or like what's the status quo. And I just think that um, in general, planning out like what you're buying and like the way you're buying things based off of like how other people do it. At the end of the day, you're never really going to be that in tune with your money and wallet. The next tip, or I keep saying tip, the next lesson is buying into consumerism from the content you consume. I know I just touched on this for a split second. I just think there are so much, there's so much money that we waste on impulse purchases from social media and YouTube and everything. And it's I just the instant gratification, basically. You know, we're able to place an order and get something delivered faster than ever before. You know, I I know when my mom was growing up, you know, it was like you would have the Victoria's Secret catalog and the Sears catalog where you would fill out like the thing you got in the mail with the magazine and fill out what you wanted and then mail it back in and then it would get sent to you. And it was probably, I don't even know how long that process took, but probably a ridiculous amount of time. And, um, you know, now we can place an order within seconds online um, and we can get it delivered to us in, in a day or two most of the time. And that instant gratification, knowing that we can get something that quickly, it makes us more likely to buy things. You know, if you just look at whether or not you would consider buying something if it would take seven days to ship versus two days, you're probably not going to buy it if it's going to take seven days to ship. And I just think of that as, you know, like an example for buying into the consumerism and the instant gratification. And I just, just because you see, you know, someone showing something on social media or YouTube, wherever it is, your mind instantly thinks, you know, oh, I have to have that because you see it and you know that you have quick access to it and you know that you can get it in in most cases, not necessarily with every item ever. And I think the best way to fight that and what I do personally is just write it down in my notes, like on my phone. I'll just like type out like almost like a little wish list for yourself, but I never keep like a ongoing one, if that makes sense. Um, if I just ever am considering buying something, I'll normally sit on it for two weeks, basically is what I'm getting at. And I know I've mentioned this before, so it's nothing new, but if you still want it two weeks later, then, and it's, you know, within your budget and everything like that, then go for it. But if you're suspecting that you're about to, you know, engage in a impulse purchase, which it's okay, we all do it. I probably did one in the last week. I know I did actually. It's okay, but the way to fight that and the way to, you know, keep yourself from 
scrolling on TikTok and seeing, you know, all these different things and then saying like, oh gosh, I want this, this, and this. And then you go on Instagram and you see another really cute bag you want. And then you go on YouTube and you see someone talking about this pair of sunglasses. And before the end of the day, you know, then you realize, oh my gosh, I've, you know, racked up hundreds of dollars on these impulse purchases when I did not need to be like frivolously, frivolously spending all that money. And I think, like I said, the best way to go about combating that is just sitting on it and waiting to see if you still want it two weeks later. Because I have had so many times where I thought I wanted something and then I'll f- literally forget about it. And like a month later, I'll think about it. And I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't purchase that. And the next lesson is having goals for yourself. Personally, for me, my money goals tend to do with just like my savings, like the amount in my savings. And then um, paying off my student loans is like a big like money goal. Like I feel like I'm constantly like upping like how much I want to pay each month. Um, I'm really trying to get them down like (laughs) as much as I can, as quickly as I can. And I personally work best with like percentages rather than a strict budget just because my income is so all over the place. And honestly, my expenses are too, just because I've had to pay tuition, a little bit of tuition this year, and I've never had to do that before. Um, I mean, it honestly it's a really small amount in the grand scheme of things except for my summer tuition my summer tuition I didn't really have like much scholarship left to cover it so it was a couple grand and that's just like a lot of money for one summer class but it's because I'm out of state and that's like not something I pay you know every month and it's not something I pay every year even so when you think about that expense and then you know like some expense or some months are more expensive like with my dog whenever I have to buy more of her heartworm and flea and tick pills so everything's like all over the place and obviously it's good to have a general idea and budget of how much you're kind of spending each month and like planning for those types of purchases that you know do happen every few months such as the dog medicine and stuff like that But for me personally, I do work better with percentages. So I think of, um, you know, how some months I could live off of my paycheck for literally a few months, while other months I could literally, my paycheck's just like enough to cover my fixed expenses and I can't really put much into my savings. And I personally just aim to put like 20 to 30% into savings which includes, you know, like what I'm setting aside for taxes since I have to pay estimated taxes quarterly. And sometimes more, depending on the paycheck, like if I get a lot larger of a paycheck, then I will definitely put like a hefty amount into savings or I will, you know, pay off more in student loans that month um, than I typically do. And then if I, you know, don't really get a larger paycheck, I'm just doing like the bare minimum of my student loans, which I'm not even like, I my payments haven't even like become due yet like I haven't even technically had to start paying but I, I've just wanted to start while I can and um then I think of you know like 50-ish percent on essentials like rent groceries that kind of thing and then um 10 to 15 percent on just other discretionary spending you know just buying things for myself you know haircuts every few months getting my nails done whatever And however, like I said, with a very volatile income and even expenses, it's really hard to stick to that super strictly, but I mainly focus the most on hitting that minimum of 20% in the savings each month. And, you know, like I said, some months I may have to pay tuition, I may have to pay taxes, some months I'm spending just more on gifts for birthdays or holidays. So it's important to just sort of keep those things in mind. Like I'm always forward thinking when it comes to money, I'm always thinking about 
okay, I'm going to be moving in two months, so I'm going to be putting a lot more in my savings than I typically do because I know moving is flipping expensive. Um, so I've been, since really like last month, um, I've been trying to put a lot more into my savings, like with my last two paychecks and then my upcoming two before I move. So super, I just accidentally kicked my dog under the desk, <laughs> sorry. But so it's just most important for me to focus on the savings number and then remaining forward thinking and one of my like perpetual goals with my money, um, which I wish I would have learned early earlier, is to be more forward thinking. I feel like I didn't adapt that forward thinking mindset until probably like a year ago when, or no, it was probably two years ago, whenever I realized like I was going to be paying, you know, estimated taxes and I really had to like pay attention to that and plan for it and be proactive about it. Whereas before when, you know, I really just didn't have much money at all and I you know just had like my TA money um only or you know when I was in high school and I was just making minimum wage never forward thinking everything was you know present day right then but as I made more money and I had like these larger expenses and you know paying for basically everything myself that is when I was like okay I've got to be as forward thinking as possible with this so um I think that that's a really really important lesson to learn early on so that you can have the best emergency fund for yourself you can you know have the best savings for yourself and you can always be ready in case of an emergency whereas I feel like I never really was when I was in high school and like my first year of college because I just did a lot of frivolous spending and um it's important too to just not be hard on yourself and you know keep in mind your situation at all times and like I said it is good to listen to other people for perspective, but don't necessarily think that they are the other people are the blueprint for you. And if you don't really know how to like break your everything in the percentages for you, um, the best way to do it, I think personally, is just like look at your last few months and try to just categorize your spending and your income, and then see where your money is going, so you can get like what your percentages have trended to be like over the past few months and then that way you can use that as a projection for where you want to get those percentages at for the future and the next lesson um this is more of a tip than a lesson but this once again I think it could have been beneficial like a year earlier with credit cards getting the rewards based credit card that works for you in your lifestyle there's so much money that can be saved and just lost potential if you or you, you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you don't get a rewards-based credit card, especially if you don't get one that really works for you and your lifestyle. Um, you don't want to like get a Capital One like travel card, credit card, if you literally never travel, or like a Southwest card if you like never travel. And you don't want to get a Discover Student card if you're not like a student or whatever, which I don't even think you can. But um, I remember like the first year with my credit card, I saved like I got or I didn't save, but I technically did because I mean, it's cash back. I got like 180 something dollars in cash back, I think. And that's just like, a, that's a lot of money. And that's huge. Um, just from taking advantage of the rewards and incentives from the credit card, because basically, quarterly, the way the Discover Student one works, each quarter um, of the year, there's like different purchases that you get better cash back on. I think it's like up to 5% cash back up to like a certain amount of money on certain purchases. So like during the holiday season, like from September to December, it's like Target, Walmart, Amazon, you get 5% cash back. Um, and then 
I think during the summer it's gas because gas prices tend to be higher during the summer and then um restaurants and like fast food and stuff like that is I want to say the first like part of the year I can't remember exactly but it's something like that and it's just silly not to like look for one that fits your lifestyle because you're missing out if you don't do that and the next um lesson is to stop treating money like a taboo topic I feel like if you surround yourself with people who understand your financial goals you obviously do not have to know like everyone else doesn't have to know your specific numbers and everything like that's TMI like obviously you never want to tell people you know all all the details of like salary and you know all this stuff but um I you get the idea I think that having those people who are you know have like also good financial habits and money saving habits or money spending habits whatever it is that can really help you personally in your journey and have people in your life that you can talk about money with objectively whether that's like a financial advisor a mentor a friend etc there are so many there's also just so many like informative instagram and tiktok accounts and youtube videos and stuff that can really help with personal finance topics and i will always say you know make sure you fact check everything that you get from those sources you don't want to just like take it and then run with it um because i have definitely seen people be wrong on like tiktok and stuff with stuff or i just i don't know what i just said on tiktok with certain stuff and you just want to make sure you're fact checking it first but there are definitely like credible ones out there that can be like really really helpful and i just think that so many of those youtube videos that are out there in books and accounts whatever it is so many of those will help you learn certain topics in a fraction of the time and that's one of the beautiful things about social media things that like you may not have learned in school that you can literally learn on social media or the internet in a matter of minutes at a really easy to understand level and i just think that's great and the next lesson is um as your income increases don't think the cost of your lifestyle like the way you live should directly increase with that obviously the more you make the more you're going to spend like that's just how it is but i think normalizing living below your means in certain areas of life is so important because you know sometimes you know people will get like a huge promotion or they'll get their first you know big girl or big boy job whatever and they think they instantly need to go and you know buy this that and the other and start living this certain lifestyle have this certain apartment like all this stuff and keeping your fixed expenses such as like your you know rent and your car payment and that kind of thing as low as possible and only compromising when it makes sense to can be so beneficial for just saving more money as you make more money and like for me personally where I'm going to be living in Houston it is expensive and it's more expensive than like what I'm paying right now in school. I'm probably going to be paying like $200 more than what I'm paying right now at school, which really isn't a lot for moving to a big city, but I'm literally going to have like a fraction of the size of the space that I have right now. And for me personally, my most valuable resource is time. As someone, you know, who has a podcast and a YouTube channel is also going to be working a full-time job. Time is my most valuable resource and I don't want to be spending 15 plus minutes commuting back and forth every day and it's almost never 15 minutes because of traffic but I'm trying to save myself of commute time so that I can save myself time in my day to 
do my podcast, do my YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. I'm not wanting to spend so much time in the car. So I was willing to spend a little bit more on rent and have less space in order to, you know, prioritize my time. And on the other end of that, I probably could have, you know, gotten a more expensive car, but I like set a lower budget for myself than what I knew I could afford because I wanted to live below my means on my car payment. I knew that I would have, you know, I'm still paying off student loans and that's like, that's important. Like obviously I want to get those paid off as soon as possible. So I'm not going to sit here and put myself in a position where I have, you know, rent and a car payment just because I do have my full-time job of YouTube and social media and everything. I'm not going to like throw myself into a position of getting a, you know, car that I may be able to technically afford, but is it the best decision? No. Or same thing with an apartment. I'm not going to do all of that just because I'm about to start like my full-time job and I'm also going to have my, you know, side income. And I really wanted to just live below my means with my car payment and I am so happy I did. I'm like going to be saving a lot of money with gas and I am just very happy with my decision with going because I mentioned this on my YouTube video, but I haven't yet on here um, on my podcast but I literally went with my cheapest option and out of what I test drove and it just felt so good at the end of the day to know like this I'm it's not I'm not gonna have to you know ever worry about having to make this payment and I can pay it off before the loan term is even done so I think that it's really normalized in our society to you know just status is so important just because of social media I feel like and the way you look to others is so heavily emphasized through what you drive where you live and what you wear and at the end of the day you will probably be tempted to spend a lot more on what you drive and where you live and what you wear as you make more money but I promise if you can like just keep at least like one of your fixed expenses like below your means it seriously helps you save so much more money and it will help you in the long run to with your conscious behavior of how you behave when you make more money, if that makes sense. Because if you're someone who constantly like ups every level of your life, every time you get like a raise or make more money, then you're never really going to know like what it's like to just not be stretching your means, I guess. And I don't know. I just think that may not have been super cohesive the way I explained it, but I hope it makes sense. And then a uh, very last lesson is to start contributing to retirement as soon as you can. So me personally, um, setting up like, like a Roth IRA, which if you don't know what that is, basically after you're like 59 and a half years old and you've had an account for at least five years, you can withdraw the money that you've put into your Roth IRA account um, without having to pay any tax on it, um, which is not the case with like other IRAs. And you can contribute up to $6,000 on it if you're under 50 and as long as you don't exceed the income limitation. So there's like a lot of details with that, which like obviously if you're wanting to do all that, I would consult a professional if you have no idea like what I'm talking about. But um, I just wish I would have started doing this a little sooner, but I honestly would have only been able to afford putting a small amount in as of like a year or two ago, but it's still better than nothing and I'm not beating myself up over that. I just think it's something I could have at least done like $50 a month or $25 a month or $20 a month even, $10 a month, whatever. I could have done anything since I've been in, like in college. But, you know, that's not what I was thinking about and that's okay. Um, you're not really told about any of these things until you pretty much are at the time of graduating college, I feel like. Um, 
and I just know it feels a lot better to know I'm setting myself up for retirement and having a comfortable retirement and, you know, not having to worry about that in the future. So I am glad that I started already, but it's something that I would look into if you're in a position where you can put even just a little bit in. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have probably like seen little TikTok videos or Instagrams of like, if you just do this much a month starting when you're like 22 years old, by the time you're whatever age, you're going to be a millionaire. And that's, you know, it's true. If as long as the numbers line up and everything, the exact video you're seeing, I've seen some that were like super exaggerated, but um, it can, you know, obviously just be really good for you to do, especially if you are able to. So I highly recommend like looking, at least like look into it. So you at least have it in the back of your mind if you're younger um, and just educate yourself on it. If anything, like if you can't afford to do it, educate yourself on it. So you know, it's there and you know, it's an option for, you know, when you get your next raise or whatever it is or start your job and you can do it. And it doesn't have to be a Roth IRA for me. I was just saying that because that's what I personally have set up right now. Um, and that is everything from the episode. My throat is literally so dry right now. So I'm sorry if it sounded super hoarse. Um, I feel like I never drink any water on the days I travel back, obviously, because I'm not wanting to pee a million times in the car, um, or not in my car, but having to stop and pee a million times. But I hope you all enjoy this episode. Like I said, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Like this is just my personal things I wish I would have learned earlier and I hope you all enjoyed it and be sure to follow the Gen Z Girl podcast on Instagram it's just at Gen Z Girl podcast and follow um or I don't know what I just said follow the Gen Z Girl podcast Instagram I don't know if I said follow or join but follow the Gen Z Girl podcast Instagram and join the Gen Z Girl podcast Facebook group and I will talk to you all next Monday